Welcome to Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepovers PlayStation Experience Especial. You're listening to the number one video game podcast on the internet that features my best friends. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Redding. Joining me is Mike, the Platinum PSX attendee, Lopez. <laughs> I like how you can find it every time. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, and no David. Well, he oh didn't go gosh. to PSX. He sure didn't. And guess what? He didn't show up to this episode. Oh my gosh. He broke his perfect attendance. <laughs> oh my all, gosh. All he had to do was fly from New York to California to attend a PlayStation experience. I know. And then he would have something to talk about on this episode. Yeah. And really, this is going to be a mini episode and it's going to be a little more freeform. We, uh, little, we're little just going to kind of jazz ensemble. Yeah. Ensemble. <laughs> uh, we're going to jump around. We're going to do mix in the tweets and the news and the topic kind of all together because it's all PSX all the time. Uh, so if you don't like PlayStation and you are not interested in PlayStation and PSX and video games, don't listen or hang or out. Do maybe you get converted maybe, and you're like, that maybe, sounds like a lot of fun and maybe you'll love it. So <laughs> the super best friends video game sleepover podcast comes to you every fortnight with each of us coming to the table to discuss one burning topic from the world of gaming. But first, what are you playing? Mike at like PSX at everything at PSX. <laughs> you want to just you just want to dive into it? Let's dive in. So what? Go ahead. Like what? What do we play first? So right when we walk in the doors, the first thing we ran into was um, the Inpatient, which is the um, uh, follow up to Until Dawn. I guess it's technically a prequel, not a, not a follow up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, same studio though. Uh, yeah, super, super massive. massive. Yeah, and uh, it was pretty sweet. They had uh, this whole asylum kind of set up, and basically you go to the front and they sit you down in a wheelchair, and this guy in a lab coat like wheels you back into a room, and they throw the PSVR on you, and you're off to the races. Yeah. Um, in much of the demo, you are, you're basically like, seated either um, in a wheelchair or you're sitting on a bed for a while, but then you get up and you do, it basically kind of introduces you to some of the characters and kind of how you're going to move around, which is very resident evil seven VR style where you're like, you have like the little, what, it, what is it? 20 degree click turns. Right. Um, right. And then, uh, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't really get motion sick or anything like that. No. Um, you know, for a VR and it was, it was, beautiful looking it was it was running on um ps4 pro well, everything so that, that was something everything at psx is running on ps4 pro so right for my, for my smelly old day one ps4 it's, it's not gonna look like this <laughs> sure <laughs> but sure. It, it, it is, i have a feeling it's gonna look pretty good though no i'm sure it'll look great um yeah so so the beginning of that demo you're you know uh in game you're strapped to to a wheelchair and um this doctor question mark therapist yeah. <laughs> uh is leaning in extremely close uh and kind of interviewing you and asking you like these these different questions mm-hmm. um and and yeah the level of detail um was really 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 cool yeah yeah it was it was really good um the only thing is i felt like i was in a world peopled with giants <laughs> and that and that I too was a giant. Like I look down at my hands and they look enormous. <laughs> and like everyone is like six five with a huge head. <laughs> so I don't know if it's meant to make you feel small and intimidated by the other characters or if it's yeah, yeah, I could. Or if it's just kind of a, a balance thing. I don't know. But 
Yeah, it, it was very cool. It 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 keeps the uh, the butterfly effect system from Until Dawn. If you guys are familiar with that already, where um, there's kind of branching stories depending on what decisions that you make. So that sounds mm-hmm. like it's really cool. Um, sounds like it's going to take place uh, in in Blackwood Sanatorium um, mm-hmm. back in the fifties. So essentially, in in Until Dawn, that's one of the locations you'll visit. But it's it's not really in business anymore. But it sounds like we're gonna right, go, right. We're gonna go back in time a little bit. It's yeah, it seems cool. Super I, I duper wonder, creepy. Yeah, I wonder if you are going to be a character that I'm assuming a character that kind of is related to the Until Dawn story, but who knows? We don't know yet. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. It, it's it's kind of like pretty mellow, and then at the very end, it starts getting creepy, and I was like, oh yeah, here we go. And then the demo ends. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, like ah. It's so. actually a very chill demo, and then like the last 20, 30 seconds. It gets pretty crazy and pretty scary, yeah. <laughs> and then they cut you off. Yeah. So second, we went to the Drinkbox Studios um, booth. We saw Guacamole Two. Yeah. Um, that game is awesome. Yeah, it's, I was really excited for this one, and so gorgeous. And it, like everything was running 4K, obviously 4K Guacamole. Like you wouldn't think with that art style and that style of game that 4K would make a difference, but it was so crisp, yeah, and so glorious. All the colors with the HDR and stuff. So I was, uh, I was pretty impressed. But yeah, uh, four players at a time in Guacamole is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like super chaotic, but like in a really fun way. Um, they introduced uh, chicken mode where you can fight. So. You can become a battle chicken, you know? Yeah. So in, in the first guacamole, you can turn into a chicken and you can attack, but it's just like a little pecking thing. Like that's, yeah. Like, and that's it. It's not really meant for you to be like engaging in combat like that, but like, yeah, they, they, they've added an entirely new chicken combat mode. I'm very excited about <laughs> Yeah. So guacamole too. I'm super looking forward to that one. Yeah. That was a lot. Uh, that was a lot of fun to play. Yeah. So I believe next was the gardens between. I, I'm kind of sh- uh, a little hazy on some of the order here. Yeah. Uh, Cause we, we hopped around quite a bit. Um, and we were there for like 12 solid hours. So, <laughs> but, uh, one, what Michael, why don't you, why don't you take the gardens between? So the gardens between is, is, uh, it's an indie game, uh, a really small, uh, team of four people from Australia. Um, we, we met, uh, the lead programmer, uh, Matthew Clark at the show. Really, really nice guy kind of explained, um, what the game was. I think you actually played a lot more of it than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, do you want yeah, to take us, take us through like what it actually plays like. Yeah. What the premises. Really cool. Um, basically you're on this, um, very pretty set of little islands basically. And you are not so much controlling the characters. There's two characters and they each kind of have their own predetermined path that they'll walk. Um, but you're, you're controlling the flow of time more than the actual characters. So you'll advance time forward with the analog stick and then get them into a position where they can interact with something. Um, and you know, basically you can move them back and forth, uh, depending on like, say, say a bunch of rubble fell into the road or something you can reverse, you get to a certain point and then you can activate something. And now the time, uh, shifting effect only applies to whatever's blocking the road or whatever item is close by. And so then you can reverse time and that all that stuff will go back up and now you can get down the path some more. And so it's really a puzzle traversal with this cool kind of time shifting mechanic, uh, really uh, pretty art style. Yeah. Very um, surreal. Very kind of Alice yeah. in Wonderland 
you're 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 walking next to like giant vcrs and tvs and like yeah. playing cards um, yeah that, very very cool um, yeah that was a cool one yeah so i i came away impressed after that one um and then i think after we were on the sh- main show floor for a little while and then um after i think we dropped by the moss booth to see if we could play um that wonderful uh mouse VR game. Um, yes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it was really packed out. We couldn't get in uh, for that on the first day. So at that point we went down to, um, they had kind of a media arcade. And so we flashed those, those press badges around, you know, <laughs> like we were important and they let us in and you know, that was on them. That was their fault. But right. <laughs> so, so we got in, uh, in the media arcade and that's where we really played a ton of stuff. Um, and uh yeah so that basically they had shadow of the colossus uh the remaster in there they had um detroit become human in there and so i guess we played detroit first right i think mike you played the hostage scene on that yeah yeah so they they were demoing two scenarios uh for detroit become human the hostage um scene which um i I think is a little bit what they showed at e3 or paris games week Mm-hmm. Um, and it was playable on, on the show floor as well. So if you were at I PSX, think, that's I the, think the hostage one might've been uh, the one they showed last year at PSX. Yeah. It's been around for a while. Yeah. And then the, um, but it wasn't playable then it was just video only. And then right. the, the new stormy night, uh, one with like the abusive dad, that's the one they showed at Paris games week. Right. And, and that was playable back in the media area. Um, so I went ahead and I played the hostage scenario, um, which I won't, I won't go into too much. I mean, that's been out forever. You guys have seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's very cool. It kind of pulled all the best parts of heavy rain, um, mm-hmm. that I really liked. Um, and I, I thought one of the cool mechanics is, is very much like heavy rain and, and, um, beyond two souls. Like there's not a fail state, um, for the game really. Mm-hmm. If, if you fail a mission or you fail whatever your purpose is that you're trying to do, the story just keeps going and that just becomes part of the story, which I always yeah. think is really, really cool. And it, and it it gives you some real stakes to try to get it right. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the hostage scenario, you have a, a, a malfunctioning Android. That's like, uh, you know, kidnap this, this little girl essentially mm-hmm. in the house. He's working and he's sitting on, on, on this balcony, like threatening to jump. Um, and so you have to go in as a negotiator and, and talk him down. And you have a couple ways you can do that. You can, uh, you can just go straight for it and just see how you do. Maybe you can talk him down. Or you can spend some more time in the apartment and like try to get some background about the family and about the Android and mm-hmm. um, try to up your percentage of, of success. But at the same time, um, there's this pressure because uh, time is limited. Like the longer that you spend in the apartment, the least likely that you're going to be able to deescalate the situation because it's just yeah. gonna, you know tension's going to get too high. Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. It was it really cool. cool. Yeah, so I ended up playing that on Sunday when I went back for the second day. I played the hostage scene too, uh, and it was is I found it really uh, cool. Like I kind of had already seen it played, so I ended up um, I ended up getting the gun and I totally blasted that guy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, so I and I I was curious though it was it was interesting because as soon as I played it I was like oh, I want to play it again and see how it how else it could have gone you know yeah like try all the other possibilities so I think that is one of the draws of or at least it was of Heavy Rain just being able to try a scene different ways and and see how many branching paths there are um, but also it, it 
definitely, like you're saying, nails that feeling of like every decision really matters. And every, every time you miss a button prompt or a quick time event of some kind, like you, you're like, Oh gosh, cause you know, it's going to keep marching on. You're just gonna have to deal with the consequences of right. missing it as yeah. opposed to just boom, you're dead. And now you start over and get it perfect the next time. So yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, the stormy night scene is really jacked up. Um, <laughs> yeah. like it's, I mean, and everyone, I think a lot of people probably saw that at, uh, the Paris games week, um, presentation, but yeah, it's, there's this abusive dad and he's, he's beating up on this girl on his, on his daughter. And, uh, basically, um, it has this, it basically, well, you play as Kara, who's the Android from the original 2012 quantic dream, uh, tech demo that they showed off where, they basically show her being assembled and then, and then she malfunctions in that, in that tech demo. Uh, and she's like displaying emotion. Um, and whereas she shouldn't be, but you know, according to her programming and all this, and then she's about to be destroyed and she kind of pleads for her life in that demo. And then, and whoever's like working the controls that day decides to spare her and puts her on the assembly line. And it was interesting because, uh, David cage from quantic dream was basically speaking about that, tech demo um recently he did kind of a developer or a, like a director's commentary for it and was saying that you know a lot of people were asking oh well, what's going to happen with kara next you know and um or kara if you're french um but yeah <laughs> the uh but yeah wondering where where that story goes and he he did mention in that commentary that you know that is still i guess kind of canon quote unquote so that's still part of the the backstory it makes sense for, yeah so yeah. That, i think that's really cool yeah. uh, to kind of see she goes out and as part of the scene i thought one of the coolest parts is um is like this scene of like knowing that the girl that the that kara is getting kind of attached to is is like um at risk or is going to be hurt um that's kind of the catalyst for her going rogue quote unquote. And like you, there's this scene of you kind of like breaking past this like code boundary to where you, you're like, you're breaking the rules and now you are a rogue Android. So I, I think that it was really, really cool the way all that was handled in the demo. Um, very fun, very cinematic and it's super tense. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I almost died. <laughs> so but very, very good. Um, super excited to play more Detroit. Yeah, so. definitely. Really, really one of my favorite things we played at the show. Yeah, and actually, while you were playing the hostage demo, I snuck over to wipe out wipe out VR, which was yeah. not on the not on the show floor, um, but it was in the media arcade. And basically, it's the Wipeout Omega collection. Um, so Fury HD and twenty forty eight, um, which has been remastered for the PS four now. Um, so it's that collection, but now you can play the entire thing in VR. And I was, I'm a huge Wipeout fan from way back. So I was like, I, I, I really want to try this, but I know it's going to make me barf like crazy. Um, and so I put on the, the, the VR goggles and I was like, okay, here we go. And they were really smart about how they implemented the VR. Um, the way they have it is kind of like, you're almost in this pod. It's like a steadied by gyroscope or something. And you can see the, the ship kind of pitching left and right around you. Um, but you are not necessarily being shifted back and forth because that's what would make you hundred percent barf. So, <laughs> right. um, so yeah, I had no motion sickness. I played through a whole race and had no motion sickness whatsoever. 
Um, it was really fun. So I'm, I'm actually really excited about that one. Whereas before I was kind of like, that is definitely uh, a bar factory waiting yeah, to happen. I mean, I initially looked at it and I thought the same thing, right? And then you wouldn't, you wouldn't played it and gave me your feedback. And I consistently um, heard from people that were at PSX, uh, you know, different outlets that were in the press room and, and they had mentioned like, no, I didn't, I didn't try to wipe out, wipe out VR. I was just, I was so worried I was going to get motion sick. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really awesome to hear that, that hopefully will not be the case for, for most yeah. people. And that's a free update for, for folks. I think that already own yes. the Omega collection, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So they, they got me. I got to buy the Omega collection. Yeah, I'm with you, man. <laughs> so, um, shadow of the Colossus remaster. We, I think yeah. we both played this one. We did. Um, so I played the very first Colossus, just jumped mm-hmm. right back into the beginning of the game. Um, and it's, uh, it, I mean, it's fantastic. Like Blue Point Studios has like done an amazing job of rebuilding this thing. Um, yeah. it, it looks fantastic. It moves really great. Um, it's really, it really has been redone from the ground up all new sound, new visuals. Um, very, very smooth. We, we played it in uh 4k, uh, HDR. Um, although mm-hmm. it does have a 1080p, 60 frames per second mode which i in retrospect wish i had tried out but um mm. it was just so gorgeous in 4k i just kind of lost myself in trying <laughs> yeah. it out yeah if anything they they really sold me on wanting a ps4 pro <laughs> and that was i'm sure not an accident no not at all but yeah um so yeah the i, I really liked i played through the 13th colossus uh which is the flying one where you got to shoot the little airbags underneath with your bow and arrow and then, uh, Oh yeah. yeah. The one that's in the desert in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I played him and, uh, yeah, basically, uh, it was gorgeous. I mean, I, I played with the, um, updated control scheme, which I really Um, liked. I I really liked it too. I, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, but it feels more intuitive now, like with X being jump instead of triangle and R2 being grab. And so, yeah, there was, uh, there was definitely, um, a lot there and you can also switch it back if you're really attached to the classic controls but i i really appreciated like the attention to detail um having doing a ground up remake you know it still felt really true to the to the source material but still brand new so right yeah loved that yeah really good and then i think by the time i finished that demo i was like where's mike and i was looking <laughs> around i spotted greg miller in there and he was going for some behind the scenes, behind closed doors demo of dreams. And, uh, and I, and I looked around some more and, um, I think right around that time we ran into the handsome phantom guys. Yeah. Super, super cool to see those guys and hang out, uh, during the show. And, um, then you finished up playing the blood and truth VR demo. Right. Um, and this is probably the most fun of any, of anything I played at, at PSX. I, I have a lot of things yeah. I enjoyed there, but, Nothing was this much fun. I, I, you know, I haven't had a lot of VR experiences, but, um, uh, th- so this is, this is from, uh, Sony's, uh, London studio, the, the creators mm-hmm. of the London heist demo that's on the, I think the, what's the PS VR worlds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I think is like six ninety nine at the moment. Yeah. It's like super cheap right now. Um, yeah. hopefully it still is by the time this airs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's, it's like that, but more fleshed out. Right. So it's not just. Mm-hmm the shooting piece of it, it's, uh, traversal, it's lock picking, it's, uh, you know, hacking a security system. It's, you know, uh, stealthing through a casino. And, and of course there's the big shootout stuff. 
Yeah, um, I loved I loved just like how intuitive it was to grab a clip off your belt and reload your gun. Yeah, and and just like looking down the sights and you know setting C four charges and then um, the whole chase scene was amazing. Right. Yeah, you're just like you're running and it's like I guess it was kind of slow mo uh, that you're running. Was it or maybe I'm just kind of remembering no, certain in, parts in of certain it. In certain like parts, that. it is. Yeah. Okay. It, it kind of shifts back and forth. But yeah, it was interesting because it almost felt on rails, but um, you know, you're like the guy's running and you're just like shooting a bunch of dudes, but it was so much fun. Um, yeah, it really was. And and uh, going through the demo, I, I kept asking questions um, and I, I I should have caught on sooner and I just wasn't getting it because it just was so intuitive mm-hmm. uh, with things like I, I'm, I'm hiding behind this pool table and there's like people shooting at me and I want to shoot back, but it's hard for me to see them like how do I, what, what do I do to peek up over the table? And he was like, just sit up a little bit, like try to peek <laughs> yeah. over the table. I was like, Oh, and like, I'm standing behind a pillar. Like, how do I lean? Like what button do you push to lean? He's like, no, just, just lean over. I was yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. It, it, it really worked well. I loved that. You can just kind of duck down and, and lift your arm up and blind fire over stuff. Yeah. Um, there were cool little things. I mean, for the most part, traversal was like teleportation mode. It was, you know, you or not really teleport, but like you see a little icon and you want to go there, you click it and he'll just kind of glide over there real quick. Right. Um, but there were some cool traversal things too, for like um, reaching out and grabbing the rungs of a ladder and climbing up or reaching out with your hands and like doing like arm over arm crawling through an air vent or something. Um, so really, really uh, cool game. I assume there's probably going to be some like car chase kind of stuff like London heist had, um, but uh, yeah, super jazzed for for Blood and Truth. Yeah, uh, it was it was really really fun. Yeah, um, and then let's see, we we played a few other things, but we really at that I think after that we went and um, we sat in on the panels. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but before we get to those, I did want to touch on Moss uh, from Polyarc Games. Um, I did. I got a chance to finally play that on Sunday, um, and they they were kind enough to kind of squeeze me in and cuz the the line again it was ridiculous that they, they uh, a lot of psx was like setting appointments and rsvping in time for certain things and their list just filled up instantly both days so there's a lot of buzz around that game right um but yeah so got got a chance to play it um it is gorgeous and it's a really cool take on a third person uh like puzzle platforming uh, game in vr where you play as kind of a separate character and you're, but you're still controlling the mouse, um, which is named Quill. And, um, but you're also playing as this other character who has a way of influencing the environment. So maybe you would be, uh, grabbing a hold of with your little orb that you have this little orb that kind of represents your influence as the character that you're playing. Um, and you can grab an enemy and keep him from hurting the the mouse as he runs by or something or redirect him somewhere to like hit a pad and cause a door to open. Uh, but then you also are controlling the quill, the mouse to run through and fight and do stuff. So it, it at, at times part of the challenge is like just trying to multitask and do a bunch of stuff at once. And I sure. thought that was really cool and really challenging. Um, but yeah, very it's, I think they're really onto something special um it's a it's a super elegant game especially for uh vr being such a a new game development language you know um so 
That and, was super cool. And I, and I think that's worth mentioning, right? Um, one of the, the really cool things, um, I don't know if surprise is the right word, um, but I was, I was pleased to see is how much VR was present at PSX. Like, Oh, it was absolutely everywhere. It was everywhere. Skyrim yeah. VR, you know, uh, doom VFR was there. Um, then a bunch of stuff, a uh, golem was there. I played that a bit. Um, that's one that was shown off with the PSVR, uh, announcement, uh, back in the day, there's super awesome like sword play in that game. Um, although I did get a little motion sick playing that one. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that one was like because it was you played with one move wand, and basically you play as this little ten year old boy who's uh, crippled and in, in in bed, I think, and he has found this magical gem somewhere, and uh, basically it allows him to remote control these big stone golem dudes. Um, so yeah, basically you're controlling it, but you have the one move controller and you hold the trigger down, but you have to lean forward to walk. And that kind of freaked out my brain a little. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh gosh, here we go. Um, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, Golem was fun. I, the, the sword play is awesome. Like I loved the parrying and the slashing and all that stuff felt really great. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, man, everywhere you looked, it, there was a VR game. You know, and yeah. even even stuff that I didn't get to try that looked really cool. Um, just, you know, they're everywhere you look VR headsets and, and it really it, it goes to show like Sony has really doubled down on their commitment to PlayStation VR. So super cool. Um, and one last thing before we talk about the panels, I wanted to talk about Super Daryl Deluxe. So I don't know if you've heard of this one. It You play it's like hand drawn characters. Um and the it's in this re- it's a really bizarre setup for a game. It takes place in a high school with like multi-dimensional uh you know <laughs> twists to it. But um yeah, Super Daryl Deluxe is is really cool. It's like a 2D cartoony action RPG, uh has a really funny dialogue. Um and basically you it's uh you put together like a really crazy loadout. So you might have for one weapon a massive hammer. And there's another weapon, almost like a transistor in a way where uh, you have all these various weapons to use. They don't chain together necessarily, uh, but they each have kind of a recharge uh, or a cooldown period. So it makes you really mix it up. Oh, okay. But like one attack might be like, I suddenly am surfing on a shark and I hit a bunch of guys <laughs> okay. and then then I flip around and I have a, a like a katana and I do this crazy like slashing move or whatever and... It was so much fun. It is it just the moment to moment gameplay of Super Daryl Deluxe is is super great. Uh, huh. So had a great time with that. That's from Dan and Gary Games, a very small team. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely wanting to keep my eye on that one. It's coming out pretty soon. I think early 2018 is what they were saying. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. Oh, very so cool. yeah, but we played a bunch. I, there's there's a bunch more stuff that I mean, yeah, a little, this, sh- it, this, this show would be like five hours long. If we talk about every single thing we played. Yeah. Like we played Kentucky route zero for a little bit. We played, uh, with that crazy Wattam game, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. uh, ta- I think it was tower 57. It's like a twin stick shooter. There's a bunch of stuff that, that we played everywhere, but these are some, just kind of some of the highlights. Um, very, very diverse, uh, games on offer on the show floor, but, um, yeah. So super cool there. But yeah, so I guess uh, I guess we should hop into the uh, the conferences, right? So right. 
Yeah. So, I mean, what was, what was the best conference in your opinion? What, what did you enjoy the most? Oh, uh, easily the, the uncharted 10 year anniversary panel. Yeah, it was fantastic. Greg Miller hosted it. Um, yep. and it basically had the original cast come out first. And if you haven't seen it, check out the, uh, um, PlayStation YouTube channel. Um, it's really, really good. Nolan North and Emily Rose and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Richard McGonagall. I think his name's Sully. Yeah, yeah, basically just so it's so crazy to hear him talk because he he just can't help but always sound exactly like Sully. Yeah. Like that's his that's just his voice. And so it was awesome to hear that him telling like stories and everything. And um yeah, that was a, a really cool panel. And then they brought out, of course, like the newer cast as well, who, you know, or some people who had played multiple roles in a bunch of different games. Um and then yeah, the the brand new cast with uh um, oh gosh. Troy Baker. Um, yeah. Troy Baker from Laura Uncharted Bailey. 4. Laura Bailey. Uh, Claudia Black, who plays, um, uh, Chloe. Yeah. In three and, uh, and in Lost, Lost Legacy. Legacy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a super cool panel. I think my favorite personally was the last of us two panel. Also really, really good. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, so it opened, all the, the room was completely dark and the stage was incredible, by the way, like these three massive screens and they were showing cool stuff on them, uh, through a lot of the presentations. But, um, so yeah, one of the, uh, they opened with a, a song that was actually performed by Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson in character as yeah. Joel and Ellie. Uh, and so that was really cool. Just a cool way to kind of set the tone. Um, I, I was the whole time I was thinking, man, how does Troy Baker sing? as joel <laughs> like it sounded so <laughs> difficult but um hannah hart uh did an awesome job hosting it if you're not familiar with her i wasn't either until i saw her host it apparently she's a youtube uh personality but yeah she did a fantastic job i thought it was so funny because she was she just played the role of the super curious super fan uh really well yeah <laughs> you know just like basically asking all these prying questions, just try to get anything out of Neil Druckmann and Neil Druckmann's so good at not telling us anything. Right. But I think she actually did get a couple of yeah, things. Yeah. He, he broke once, uh, yeah. For, for, uh, what apparently is a major thing now. It's, it's still pretty like obscure as far as who he's talking about, but he did seem to hint at that, uh, somebody's pregnant. Yeah. So, and that was the, the writer, uh, who's from uh westworld holly gosh i'm i'm forgetting yeah i'm blanking i'm so Um, sorry but yeah uh but yeah so she's co-writing the game with him and she she said that apparently she got home the first day after writing and told her husband like uh i think i got someone pregnant today (laughs) and so that that was there was a gasp in the room like when right they revealed that so there's still no telling who they're who they're talking about it's joel um it's joel (laughs) if Nolan Reedus can get pregnant, so can Joel. <laughs> yeah. So that was one thing that was uh, super cool. I thought um, was that uh, Neil Druckmann revealed that the game is 50 to 60% done. Yeah. That's pretty uh, which crazy, is right? Super surprising um, because really after the trailer that they showed um, last PSX. So only one year ago uh, they said, okay, now we have to start making the game. <laughs> We made this trailer and, and they had apparently very little of the game done at that point. So it sounds like, and we know from talking with Josh that uh, Josh shared on a couple of episodes ago that basically all of Uncharted's might 
is behind The Last of Us 2 right now. There's right. no other teams, no other projects going on. Everybody's working on this. So um, really cool um, to hear that it's coming along so quickly. It makes me think that maybe this is uh, a mid to late 2019 game for PS4. So yeah, maybe pretty sweet. Um, yeah. We touched on PSVR. It was absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Um, we said it on the, on the, on the ghost of uh, Tsushima. Um, yes. Panel, which was really, really interesting. That was also fantastic. Yeah. Uh, apparently, apparently uh, Mr. Shuhei Yoshida himself sitting right behind us. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Turned around so at one we, point and I was like, oh, oh, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we got to meet Shu for a minute, take a picture, shake his hand. Um, oh, I think we have a Twitter question about uh, that. We actually did. Uh, John sent us a question and wrote in and said, uh, just how soft were Shuhei's hands? Uh, they were unbelievably soft. Like the Incredibly kind of hand, soft. The kind of hand that has been lotioned every day and kept in a glass container, like a hand, <laughs> like a hand model in the Zoolander movie. Um, like the, the softest, most delicate hand I could have imagined. Yeah. Like maybe he's the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was cool meeting him. Um, yeah, the ghost of Tsushima, um, panel was awesome. Uh, yeah. showed a ton of, you know, concept art and they went through the trailer Talked a lot of that was just all about the making of the trailer and kind of a lot of the artistic uh, influences and pre kind of early development type stuff where they they visited the island and the close call with the uh, the that game almost got leaked uh, in the (laughs) Jap it was in a Japanese newspaper but um, no one caught on to the story right like it was I guess some Japanese paper posted uh, or published an article like. Yeah, uh, Sucker Punch, American game developer researching in Tsushima for their new game. <laughs> and this is like a year ago before it was ever revealed. So, uh, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, I thought, um, a really cool panel. Also, I doubled back because we actually missed the Dreams panel. Well, actually, I have a great Twitter question that leads us right into that. Ooh, uh, all right. So, Judge, uh, Judge Greg wrote in and said, Did you see anything that significantly changed your impression? Or hype for a game. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's like dreams all over. Like I walked in hundred percent. Like, it's Meaty Molecule, right? Like they they make cool stuff. I'm a fan of Little Big Planet, but like I just didn't know what dreams was. I still, after all this time, yeah, had no clue what to be expecting from dreams. And they gave some really in-depth um demos um all day long, both days at PSX. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, so- what, what did you walk away thinking from that? Because I was I walked into dreams like not knowing what it was and so therefore it being pretty low as far as hype levels go yeah yeah and came out uh completely turned around like that looks awesome and i can't wait to play it yeah i know that 100 percent. like we we went up they had this really cool area where you could just plop down in a beanbag chair when your feet were tired from like standing in lines and walking around <laughs> and uh and that was really smart i think but yeah you plop down in front of the dreams booth and basically they're doing live demos um all day and they have they would basically how it would work is they would have a, a a level designer go through and create like a basic world um and usually from kind of the temp they have some template levels that you can just take and then remix and make your own thing really quickly so they they did that and then they would have the music guy come out and and you show off like the audio part of it where you can cr- compose your own music to go with your level and that was also very quick and got really cool results 
And then, um, then they would hand it back to the, the level designer and he would kind of put the f- finishing polish on it and then they would pu- publish the level. So it was just like a really cool, about maybe 30 to 40 minute presentation. Um, and th- I think the thing that they said that really kind of made it, made this game click for me was when they talked about like, okay, so with little big planet, you know, we created this 2d platformer and it was play, create, share that whole model. And, you know, had this massive community making levels and all this. And with dreams, it is the next step. It's just basically opening it, blowing it wide open to where you can literally sculpt anything, any asset you want. It doesn't have to be pre-made by media molecule. You know, it can be like, you can, you can just, if you want to sculpt a coffee mug and now you have a coffee mug in your game and, or whatever it might be, you know, I can make a crazy robot and uh, all right, I can make a lava waterfall and like I can make a big 3D level and uh, be a giant and stomp around the level or or whatever it might be, you know. And they even talked about at the panel because I ended up doubling back and watching the panel online uh, that they did for dreams. But they talk about how, um, you know, certain they have, uh, I think, one or two people that work at Media Molecule now who were just people who liked Little Big Planet and played it and, and uploaded a lot of community levels. And they actually work for the developer now because their levels were so good. And, and so it's really interesting because you think about um, how many people out there would love to try their hand at, at level design, but just have no tools to do it. Um, and I think that is one of the main hooks, like uh, for dreams, like I, I sat there and they, as they're talking about, yeah, this is just little big planet, but the next step into 3d. Um, so you like, there's going to be a bunch of curated levels that medium molecule makes, which if you've played Tearaway, you probably kind of know what to expect uh, from them in a 3D space. It's it's still really well crafted, a lot of interesting ideas. It's it's going to be cute, you know, it'll yeah. be fun. Um, but yeah, so they they had all of that on display in the levels they showed, but then also they really focused on the level creation tools and how easy it was to m- quickly make a level. And I was sitting there. I I never get into like creating levels. Like I, I created like one or two Mario maker levels and I was like, all right, I'm cool. I'm out. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I usually much rather prefer to, um, to play levels that, that, you know, game developers with years of experience have made blood, sweat and tears and, and made this amazing thing for me to play. Um, but I was sitting there watching it like, man, I really want to, I really want to try something and make it making a level of my own. You know, I, I don't know. And so it was in during that presentation, um, I was hundred percent turned around. I like, I went from like, yeah, I hope, I hope it's all right to I'm buying it. Like, right. Yep. <laughs> I hundred percent. So I, cause I can see my kids getting all into it and building huge levels and, and like they've talked about, uh, you can make a racing game. You can make an RPG. You can make a fighting game. You can do all these crazy things, uh, with the tools you can, you know, there are all these various, or you can just make a big fat 3d platformer if you wanted, um, but yeah, so hundred percent got turned around on dreams. Um, uh, definitely, uh, excited for that one. That yeah. was the biggest surprise for me. Uh, yeah. And, and we had gotten a, a question from Osbones 83. It said, yeah, what was your biggest surprise? And, and mm-hmm. yeah, to touch on that same point, it was, it was dreams. It was just walking in and just seeing this thing where, um, these really easy tools to, to make a game, like you can make the levels, you can you can record your voice and do voice acting for the game. You can, um, you can make your own music. It has like this crazy multi-track like recording thing in it. Like it's, it is nuts how much stuff they put in there 
and how easy yeah. they made it. And and the whole game, the whole single player campaign, um, is built using those same tools. So mm-hmm. um, that's I was really surprised. At, yeah, at how they kept well. Yeah, they kept that stressing that too, right? They kept they kept bringing up like, yeah, we basically spent years making all the tools. And then that's why we haven't shown a lot from it because everything in all of our levels is made with the tools and a PS4 and a DualShock 4 and uh, sometimes a move controller. So basically they they didn't that was their commitment from the outset was to create the tools and then and then use them and, and right. not not cheat at all. Like even yeah. the music can be they they talked about music how you could compose your own music uh and import it via a laptop tool. That and then beams it over to the game, so you could actually create your own sounds. You can create voiceover, uh, yeah. like if you wanted to have characters with dialogue, <laughs> you could animate their little mouth and like record voiceover for it. Like, yeah, that was nuts it's too, really right? Like even insane. even though that detail of like, yeah, so you do voiceover, and there's like a, a tag you can put on there, and it will uh, make the character's mouth move to try to try to match it. But then you can go in and, and manually still manipulate their mouth so that it's yeah more accurate or looks the way that you want it to like just that level of detail is really crazy. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Even the, the really nice characters that come uh, packed into the game are made with the tools. So right. E- even though there are like 4,000 things in that one character, you know, that, that uh, make it so lifelike and, and cartoony and with all these cool abilities, like you could totally get deep into it and do that if you wanted to. Yeah. So. All right. So N T F T T pod wrote in and asked, what was the weirdest thing you saw from the Accounting Plus presentation? All right. Um, I would have to say it was that dude's boots. <laughs> <laughs> the man, So Justin Roiland from uh, uh, Rick and Morty is doing a bunch of voices for this weird, weird VR game. Um, and it looks, it looks fun. Um, but then, yeah, the other guy who's, I guess the, the main creator of the game, he looked kind of like Russell Brand, but like tinier. And then he had these massive, massive boots on. I think that's fair. <laughs> so, but yeah, it looks like a, just a truly bizarre VR game. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what that, how that turns out. It looked cool. Yeah, looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we got a question from Miss Maya and mm-hmm. she asked, what was the strangest thing you came across? For me personally, it was that Wattam game. Okay, um, yeah. It's it's this really bizarre uh, game about... I mean, it's from the, the creator of Nobi Nobi Boy and uh, Katamari Damacy. And uh, so, yeah, he, he just makes very strange games. Um, but yeah, it's essentially you play as this little dude and you find a, a big rock... And then it becomes your friend. You start holding hands and spinning around in the grass field with him. <laughs> and then you find like a tiny rock and then you can hold hands with both of them and spin and jump and stuff. And then like maybe uh, it, it seems to be a game about making friends with weird things because then it was like a cloud and then the sun or something. Anyway, I, I played it and I was, I was giggling. I was chuckling in spite of myself. It was, I would say whimsically delightful uh, in a okay. certain way. But at the same time, I was like not really in the mood to sit there and, and play something really weird for a long time. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta play Moss. <laughs> like that was still on the to-do list. So, <laughs> um, I would say weirdest in, in a good way would be um, Double Fine's uh, Nights and Bikes. 
Nights and Bikes is so good. It was really, really fun and and really bizarre in a lot of ways. Where essentially you're you're playing as like two kids riding your bikes through town, and and you get to like the junkyard, but it has all these like sketch outlines um Mm -hmm. like drawn over to make it look like a fortress and like there's arrows so it's like the kid's imagination like um that that's a pretty crazy game with really weird combat but i really liked it Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm really looking forward to to seeing more of that Um, yeah and i think our last question came from travis and he said please tell me you peeked behind a curtain or opened a door marked private and got some info on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, I love, I love the idea of just like opening a like a, a Vince staff only door <laughs> and like seeing like a bunch of people just like turn like with eyes wide, like they've they've been like whiteboarding a bunch of plot details. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sorry, there was like there was nothing, no Final Fantasy VII uh, stuff anywhere that no. I saw. No, I didn't see anything either. Um, so, yeah. so, so sorry to disappoint. Um, so yeah, definitely check out our Twitter if you want to see, uh, some weird photo op stuff that they had there. Um, they had, you could, you could jump on a motorcycle in the days gone area and be chased by the zombie. Um, or you could go do this bullet time jump thing, uh, over in Spider-Man area. And there was like a God of war one where you, c- I didn't do this one, but you could wait in line and, and stand in like this canoe with an ax or a bow. Um, something that kind of blew my mind too, was just walking the show floor was how many people were walking around with Kratos face paint. And it was because of that booth. Yeah. I and, didn't realize it for very long. Time. Yeah. <laughs> and Mike, you, you, you were saying that like people were actually shaving their heads over there. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to go into the God of war area, but uh, I saw on their Twitter feed, like later in the night, uh, which is how I figured out people were getting their faces painted. Apparently, they were also shaving heads over there. Yeah, so that's pretty buck wild. <laughs> and now, and there were a few other VR things we didn't get a chance to play. Um, there was, uh, well, Farpoint was there, which that's yep. already out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was also fire. Was it Firewall? Yeah, Firewall. Oh, which gosh. is like a squad-based VR shooter. And um, uh, I, I listened to a couple of other podcasts. Um, that like aired right after you know the show they were kind of doing some daily stuff and mm-hmm. people are raving about that game and i'm really disappointed now i didn't get a chance to try it yeah yeah they had it in the media arcade but we were kind of running out of time because we right. wanted to make the uh the ghost of tsushima uh panel so um but yeah the and then also bravo team was there which is i think um i can't remember who the developer is for that but it it's um i think they've done some other vr stuff so that's supposed to be pretty fun yeah but yeah, so there was a bunch of stuff there. But one of the things they unveiled uh, in the opening kind of PlayStation pre- Presents uh, non-keynote type thing uh, was, uh, well, Sean Layden said, one, that they plan to, or they are working on stuff that hopefully we won't have to ask next year about if whether or not we can change our PSN names. So that was interesting. <laughs> so hopefully that happens in 2018. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things they unveiled uh, was... Uh, God of War's um, runtime or, or campaign time being pretty long, like twenty or thirty to thirty-five hours or something yeah, like that. It's way longer than I expected. About three times the length of the other God of War games. So that's yeah. that's pretty interesting. Um, and then one of the things they unveiled that I was super jazzed for that they actually had playable on the show floor, but I I never I never did it because I just figured I would get to it later. 
but it was the uh the the last guardian vr experience yeah so apparently there's like a 20 minute last guardian uh vr level where you can and i i think i can imagine the the scale thing is is pretty awesome for that because trico is already enormous and now you're going to be able to you'll be the kid and you'll look up and see this monstrous uh, bird dog and the boy yeah so <laughs> so so yeah. adam yes what uh overall what was your favorite moment of the show favorite moment yeah oh and, and, and i don't you don't have to get that granular i don't need to know the best five seconds you experience but like what was your favorite thing was there a particular game or a panel or something that was I think, your standout absolute favorite i think it was just cruising around the show with my bro mike you know just looking over seeing the joy on your face <laughs> <laughs> i'm very expressive um <laughs> It was, no, I think it, it I think really for fun. me, yeah, for me, it had to be uh, either playing um, Blood and Truth or playing Moss. Those are both fantastic VR experiences, and and for sure, uh, my my games of the show. Yeah, absolutely, uh, really fantastic picks. For for me, it was uh, it was the Uncharted panel for sure. It was yeah, it was, was both awesome. like hilarious and bittersweet, like to see that coming yeah. to a close, and uh, a lot of the 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 voice actors were all getting misty eyed, mm-hmm. uh, on stage. It was, uh, it was really, really cool. Um, I, I would like Naughty Dog to spend more time in that universe, especially after we got the lost legacy, um, remains to be seen what they'll actually do. Um, but they, they definitely made it sound like they're going to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, it was very, it was a very touching panel. We'll say, yeah. uh, definitely my favorite moment of the show. Yeah. I mean, overall, really great show. I mean, I, I, a lot of people were kind of, uh, unhappy about like the lack of like a real keynote quote unquote with brand new trailers and brand new game Mm -hmm. announcements and release dates and all that kind of newsworthy stuff. Um, but they, the PlayStation presents thing that they opened the show with was really more low key. Uh, I just listened to it on my drive down to Anaheim (laughs) and, and, uh, and yeah, it was, it was fine. It was like, I can imagine, uh, sitting in those folding chairs for three hours while they were doing that was probably not so fun for your butt. Yeah, if you now, but. if you want to ask what my least favorite part of the show was, <laughs> it was sitting in like four hours of panels in those chairs. That those chairs were brutal. Oh, they were the worst. Oh man, yeah. So I think that about wraps up our PSX coverage. Uh, Mike and I are we were secret members of the press for this show, and so shout out to uh sony pr for hooking that up um and uh yeah it was it was a great show we had an awesome time yeah um and yeah i think i think definitely don't sleep on dreams and that's not that's not just a clever pun uh (laughs) that's that's just i'm just saying keep an eye out for that i think it's going to be excellent um and um yeah and definitely get that psvr if you don't already have one because There's so much coming for it. Um, that I actually got really sold on PSVR while I was there. I really want one now. Yeah, and now I want a PS4 uh, Pro, like I mentioned, because it makes all the PSVR games look uh, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so when will it stop, Tony? When will you be happy <laughs> with my money that I've already given you? Oh, jeez. So, Mike. Yep. Audible. Yeah. Audible.com is offering the listeners of this podcast a free audiobook of their choice and wow. a free 30-day trial membership. 
All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title free. Start listening. It's fun and easy, and it's good to do. Wow. That's really yeah. nice of them. I, I wanted to take this recommendation way back to our very first guest we ever had on the show, Blake J. Harris. Yeah. If you recall, he wrote an excellent book called Console Wars, and if you're at all interested in games history, the in, uh, just the industry and how dirty the infighting can get sometimes, um, Console Wars, Sega, Nintendo, and the Battle That Defined a Generation uh, by Blake J. Harris is a fantastic book. The audiobook is a great quality, too. I've listened to it. Um, it is a good time. So go to audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS. That's audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS. All right. That about does it. Um, end of the show plugs, Mike. Yeah. For men, for women, for AI. Yeah, the AI thing sticks now because it did so much VR. Um, <laughs> and a lot of Detroit. A lot of Detroits. So you can keep up with us at sbfvgs.com. You can find links to our episodes, social media, YouTube, merchandise, and more. We have two shirts on there right now, two links. Um, yeah. One to the three-year anniversary SBFVGS uh, t-shirt and then we also have the Pizza Always Wins t-shirt, which I was uh, modeling around PSX yeah. uh, this past weekend. It looks fantastic. Um, if, if you get a, tr- a chance, leave us an iTunes review. We'd really appreciate that. Um, and also, yeah, sign up for an audiobook. Audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS. Free month of uh, wonderful audio programming. And uh, yeah, very special thanks to Eric Kruger for our podcast logo and his handsome face. You can follow us on Twitter at SBFVGS Podcast. I am Barry White, B-U-R-Y-W-I-T-E. Mike is Taco Douglas. David is David J. Tate, even though he's not on this show Mm. because he had to sleep or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And you can check our Twitter profiles for PSN, Xbox Live, Switch Info if you want to play games with us and be our friend. And that's all the time we have, you guys, for Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover PlayStation Experience Especial. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Christmas Day of all days with a very super best friends video game Christmas number four. Hit us up with your questions, topics, or musings if you want to be part of the show. Goodbye, everybody. See you guys. just you like why are you doing it that's so lonely the loneliest clap well tell david to have perfect attendance that's what will happen (laughs) everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.